Alrighty, well good morning everyone. Welcome to the firehouse. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, Let's see, where to start? So, some of you may or may not be aware, we are in the middle of uh, March Madness. Anyone, anyone feel the March Madness? Anyone? Yes. I think you can feel the March Madness independence of uh, end of the basketball, right? I've been feeling a lot of madness without, I haven't got to check my bracket in a while, but yeah, San Diego State, I have them going significantly there, so you do too? Good, you. The warehouse, yeah, that's the, that's the March Madness I'm thinking about there. There's been a lot of March Madness here, so, you know, I don't know about that basketball tournament, but... Uh, a lot of March Madness. Uh, I hope you got the, the cards here. I think that God really just blessed putting together these postcards here. And uh, we're going to be passing out 15,000 of them. So it's going to be a fun process. So I think God really blessed in bringing them together. Um, just to plant the seed, we're going to be, um, whether it starts this Sunday or the following Sunday, we're going to be doing a series related to the slogan here, Love, Rescue, and Transform, so that we can all just have the same heart for that, uh, the vision that that represents there. But anyways, it's exciting. I, I asked the guy that uh, put these together in Salt Lake, I was like, did you like sneak around into the women's bathroom or something, like take a picture of their wall and then put a flyer up on it or something? But it's, uh, it looks like some of the brick walls we have around the, the building there, so I thought that was pretty cool. I still don't know where he got that picture from. But uh, anyways, we're going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to jump into the last part of the, the book of Jude here. Guys, will let's just bow our heads and, and ask God to meet us here again. Uh, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you just for the opportunity to sing, um, sing our hearts out to you, Lord, to sing praises to you, praises that are fitting, Lord God. We thank you that you're mighty to save. We thank you that you're able to keep us from stumbling. We thank you that you're able to rescue us, Lord, from, from our sins and, and from uh, any enemy that comes our way, Lord. We we just thank you so much. I pray that you would uh, open our hearts up to hear from you during this time as we look at this passage. God, I do pray that there would be things that you would speak to each one of us. Things that we would come to know about you even better. Things that we would um, respond to as your spirit nudges us. We just commit ourselves to you this morning and, and to hearing from you and to responding to you. And we just ask for this grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh Get a house Bible. We can open up to. Um, oh, I forget the page number. There it was. It was. It was unnamed. You can open up to an unnamed page if you'd like. Um, but we have the page. Yes. What is it? Twelve thirteen in the house Bible. Great. I'm using the old pocket Bible here. So. Um, yeah, I like the. Singing that song, that song, I think Andrew mentioned it, that one of the songs comes right out of the, you know, the book of Jude, um, and it was just set to scriptures. I, I think it's an old Great Commission song, maybe someone else did it, but I, I asked someone, I was asking someone in the prayer meeting here, I think it was Ned or something, I was like, hey, you heard that old song, you know, from Jude? And he's like, you mean that Hey Jude song? And I was like, no, I'm thinking 19th century before the Beatles, maybe, um, but uh, the, the other Jude song there. But um, anyways, we're going to read this uh, last section together, and we'll jump into it there. And then we might sing another song at the end here, maybe that Hey Jude song, but, um, or, or another song. Um, but anyway, anyways, let's start at verse 17 here. 17, and it's some of the... Passages are entitled, A Call to Persevere. 
But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault, And with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. That's, um, you know, I think this is a, it's a short letter here in some ways, but in other ways, this is a very powerful letter. It's very packed full of truth. You know, Jeff shared last week just a lot of things of uh, strong warning to believers like you and I, like you and I back in the days, but like to you and I even now they're valid. In some ways these are more valid today than they were when they were written. We are closer to the end times, to the scoffers that were spoken about. We are closer to that than even the people who received this letter originally from Jude. And so we've got a few things we're going to look at, a few... um, Maybe places to look related to this letter here. And we're going to start with a little bit of a um, looking at some of what Jeff spoke about last week, but it kind of overlaps into our, our first section here. You know, it says, Remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts. And do not have the Spirit. And you know, um, really the, the first group we're going to look at to is just, we need to look out for the ungodly. That's something, if you haven't picked that up thus far in the letter, I mean, that was a lot of last week's message there, uh, looking out for those who pretended to be Christians, who called themselves Christians, who really were not. And there's a lot of intense warning here about the ungodly. Um, you know, if we back up a few verses, just uh, from verse 17 here, I mean... We'll start in verse 14, but it says about Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way and of all the harsh words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These men are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. And, and then it goes on to you know, mention some more things about as it relates to their scoffing. But, um, you know, the obvious point that we're going to just mention here is just we have to watch out for people like this. Jude says, hey, these people, are, they're already in your midst. You know, in some ways, uh, can you, I wonder if he was so strong about this through, through more than half the letter, he is intense and strong about watching out for people like this. And I wonder if when these letters were read... In those days, if there were people in the hearing of those letters who those letters were speaking about, and the churches are reading about these people who were sitting in their midst, uh, that would be pretty intense. You know, talk about 
Uh, wow, an encouraging Sunday morning service there. But, um, you know, the hope is that there are none of these type of people sitting in our midst today. And, and any one of us would know more than, more than anyone else would. We know what's going on in our hearts. But we need to watch out for people like this. One of the real practical applications I see uh, related to this is that we're getting ready to open our doors to the neighborhood. We're, we're putting out 15,000 flyers. You know, some people have crunched numbers just for fun. Jeremy with his company said, hey, you know, a good result to a survey for them is 5% response. And if we got a 5% response to these with 750 people, is that what the, the number is there? You know, 700 people, 750 people showing up. That would be wild and that would be crazy. And, um, you know, the Lord knows how many. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's 1%. If 1% showed up, there would be 150 people beyond our church. You know, that would be wild and crazy as well. The Lord knows. But what I, what I do know, how this letter might relate to us, is we're going to have all sorts of people from all walks of life, all spiritual backgrounds, all sorts of things, and they're going to be coming to be with us. And some of those people, I have a sense of one of the reasons God led us into this, some of those people are going to be just like what Jude warned against. There's going to be some people there that talk the talk. There's going to be some people there that read the books. They read all the top, you know, New York Times bestseller Christian books. They know the theology and they are living ungodly lives. And they look to come in and steal disciples after themselves. Because they could not make them on their own, but they can try to steal them and deceive them. And we must beware of people like this. And it's not a joke, you know. I think we're going to have some people that are going to come into our doors that are not the average lost person that don't know about Jesus, but some that do and are deliberately trying to deceive and infiltrate to see what damage they can do. Those type of people will be coming to our church. As optimistic as I want to be, we need to beware. We need to be sober. And I hope you have that because they're going to probably come to your small groups. And you're going to find people there. And if they start showing the attributes that have been mentioned here, um, you might go, oh, oh, wake up. Boy, I'm just trying to grow my small group. I just want to have as many people as possible. There's some people you really don't want to have. There's some people the scripture says, do not have them in your fellowship, in your association. And we need to beware. But the other thing we need to watch out for on the same line of thinking is we need to watch out for becoming people like this. You know, it's easy at first to go, oh, I'm, I'm looking for them, I'm on the search, I'm on the... But you know, there's sometimes we can become just like those we're watching out for. And you look at this list here, uh, the list that we just read, it's extremely convicting, you know. Some of these people are going to show up with like all of these attributes that Jude's talking about. But you know the way you get to having all of them? You just start with one. You collect one. Maybe you're a fault finder. Maybe you're a grumbler. Maybe you just add to it and before you know it, you're one of the very people that Jude said, watch out for them. And I just think, I take that, I, I take that to heart. That's a, a warning to myself. The, the, the things here, they don't start off sounding too bad. Some of them say, um, you know, verse 16, it says, these men are grumblers. You know, I think sometimes as Christians we think, I have the right to grumble about things that Christians have the right to grumble about. You know, grumbling is not a fruit of the Spirit. Whether you have the right to it or not, whether you're in a hard situation or not, are you a grumbler? About authority figures, maybe it's employment, maybe it's spiritual authorities, maybe it's parental authorities, maybe it's government authorities. Guess what? You have no right to grumble. As a matter of fact, the New Testament says, take warning of those that grumbled with Moses and, and were punished. We need to take warning about being grumblers. It is not a fruit of the Spirit, and it is probably a good step to some of these other things. Fault finders. 
You know, sometimes there's people that show up and they just start looking for faults. Oh, I don't like the way they do worship. Oh, I don't like the way that person's hair looks. I, I remember teaching back in Fort Collins. I had some people tell me, Boy, you know, your clothes in the, in the light of the stage, they just look really strange. They didn't like my clothes and how they looked in the light. I'm like, what? Come on. Um, but there's fault finders. It's easy to do. We don't find fault with ourselves so much as, as it is a lot easier to find fault with others. And I just think beware of being a grumbler or a fault finder. You and I have enough fault to find with ourselves to keep us busy for a really long time before we need to start pointing around at other people. Beware of these people showing up in your small groups. Beware of having a small group that's the, you know, the grumble bunch or whatever. Um, or the fault finders, they boast about themselves. Some translations use arrogance. You know, there's conceited, I think, where you think highly of yourself, but arrogance where you think so highly of yourself that you then look down on others and you kind of go, oh, well, that's what they think. They haven't read the book that I read. They, didn't, they don't have the theology that I have, and they can look down on everybody else. Beware of those because they will try to divide us. Beware of becoming someone who's arrogant, who thinks you've figured it out. The mysteries, uh, you know, the New Testament, the things the church fathers never figured out, but somehow you've got them. And you look down on those that don't. Beware. Beware of this. We, we all need to. Evil desires. You know, they're not following the desire of the Holy Spirit. They're just following natural desires. Um, it goes on to say in this verse, you know, that they are, uh, these are the men who divide you. There's going to be people who come in and, and just look to divide. Well, boy, haven't you heard about this philosophical conundrum? You file this side of the camp or this side of the camp. And they'll try to win you and divide you and be like, well, that church you're with, they believe this. Uh, I don't know, you probably, ought to, you probably ought to be real cautious with them. Some of you have been a part of this church since we started. It's seven years or more, and there's going to be people that come in and go, I don't know about, I don't know about that Jeff Weeman character. I don't know about Brad Albert or Greg Miller or Rich Thatcher. Um, but, you know, we need to be sharp and, not, and watch for division in those who would create them. Um, what other ones? Evil desires. Watch out for flattery. That some people seek to flatter others for their own advantage. I hope you're not a flatterer. Where you say nice and kind things to someone because in the worldly sense, flattering, it wins you favor. If you say something nice, someone looks to return the compliment. It's just a natural law of communication. You know, flattery, when you say things, but, but uh, the Bible says don't flatter. Flatter is like when you try to puff someone up for your own advantage. It's not sincere. It might not even be accurate. But it sure sounds nice. Don't be a flatterer. Shoot straight with people. Be honest. If you're going to encourage them, do it with sincerity. Do, tell them what you say about them when they're not around. Be not flattering here and backfighting over here. But we just got to watch for all these men and women and watch for, watch for people like those and watch even worse for becoming someone like those. I, I know a situation once there was a, a guy that, um, you know, he was trying to watch out for godlessness and, truth, and uh, really a strong proponent of truth in the church in Fort Collins and he was just going like well I think there's some some bad folks in this leadership community here and but he himself wasn't one he, he was above that and he, he knew who the bad folks were it happened to be some of his pastors and by the time the dust settled uh, you know I remember a letter that he wrote just talked about truth has perished in this church and um, and he went on to become one who was pointing fingers and fault finding and Throughout probably the, the greatest command from truth, which is to love. And he became unloving. And he became one of those people that he was, thought he was, uh, had found out. And we need to watch out for that. And that was a very good person. And, and maybe they didn't go all the way to the uh, route of apostasy. But they, 
went down a dangerous path, and I don't know if they've returned from it yet, but we've got to watch out for that. So that's a sober start here. Sober follow-up to what Jeff had started, you know, started us on last week there. Um, but, you know, the rest of this letter is not just about looking out for these people. There's, this next set of instruction has to do with just really in some ways looking in, looking into your, your own faith and your own love, taking a look inside your heart. Um, you know, and it says here, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so there's a couple different things. You know, if you read different translations on this, um, it, it kind of looks like you're supposed to build, you're supposed to pray, you're supposed to keep. A lot of action words there. Uh, a lot of translations say the, the most uh, clear action step in here is to keep in God's love. And it uses uh, other phrases for keeping God's love while you're building your faith up, while you're praying in the Spirit, and while you're awaiting the Lord's return. In some ways, there's some practical steps on how to keep yourselves in God's love. Through, through doing these other things. And so, um, you know, I think all of the above are, are probably would be helpful, but build yourselves up in your most holy faith. In the context of this letter, there's going to be people coming in to bring your faith down, to say, hey, did you know about the secret writings of, you know, uh, the Gospel of Peter or different things? They're going to be trying to drag your faith down. And Jude says, hey, you guys, while, these are trying, while they're trying to bring you down, build each other up. Take your faith to the next level, to the next story. Build, one, build yourselves up. And that's what we need to be looking to encourage our faith, to be building it up together as we meet, you know, sharing things from the Word, whether it's promises that God says He'll follow through on, whether it's things we talked about related to faith, you know, um, how, uh, how able is God to do something. And maybe you've got a verse or a thought or an answer to prayer that relates to God's ability to come through. Maybe it relates to God's love and compassion and uh, his wanting to do something, but we need to be building each other up, and, and I think we, we do this, and we need to do this more and more um, as compared to tearing it down or dividing it. So another thing, it says pray in the Spirit. Again, you know, that's not talking about praying in, in tongues or some language that no one knows. It's just talking about praying in step with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I love this quote from, from one, a commentator just said, So many of our prayers are directed by our own needs and by our own intellect or by our own wishes and desires. But that would be different than praying in the Spirit. The Spirit can give you words to pray, things that are on God's heart. The Spirit can put on your heart. Um, And we need to pray in step with the Spirit, not just praying about what we want. Sometimes those are just natural things, you know. Uh, Someone did wrong to us and we pray, God, I wish revenge on them. You know, just humble them because they did something to me. Whereas the Spirit says, what? Turn your cheek when, when they did that to you. Or uh, do good when someone has done evil to you and things that are not natural. We need to make sure that we're praying, not just in a natural way, but in a supernatural way, in step with God's Spirit. Another one, you know, keep yourselves in God's love. One of the ways I think this applies that I feel like God, you know, reminded me of is, again, it comes back to the idea of you're watching over the truth. You're trying to watch out for people that are twisting or corrupting the truth. You want to be men and women of the truth at the firehouse. And yet, it's so easy to be so focused on the truth, you get out of love. Get out of God's love. Um, I know on campus when we engage people in conversations there, and someone comes up and they just start sharing Dumb things they found on the internet. They start sharing things they don't want answers to. And it's easy just to get in this uh, argumentative mode. Like, I'm going to argue for the gospel. I'm going to fight for Jesus here, you know. And, and sometimes that's a different camp than, uh, than staying in God's love. 
You know, and I think we want to be as we're sharing the gospel, as we're sharing truth, as we're keeping an eye out, as we're seeking to build up, that we are keeping in God's love, you know, and um, that we're doing that with love. Again, there's a, another uh, a commentator said, uh, God's love extends everywhere and nothing can separate us from it. But we can deny ourselves the benefits of God's love. People who don't keep themselves in the love of God end up, as, uh, end up living as if they are on the dark side of the moon. The sun is always out there, always shining, but they're never in a position to receive its light or warmth. An example of this is the prodigal son, who was always loved by his father, but for a time he did not benefit from it. There's ways where we're always loved, we know we're loved, we know nothing can separate us from the love, but there's sometimes we get in a place where we're not soaking it in, we're not able to absorb that and, and take the benefits of that, and we try to carry out our faith, and eventually that will tank, that will run out of steam. We need to keep ourselves in God's love. Um, let's see here. The other thing we need to do, so we need to look out for the ungodly, we need to look into building ourselves up, and we need to look around to help others. Take a look around, and um, this passage here, be merciful to those who doubt, snatch others from the fire and save them, and to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupt flesh. So three types of people that Jude specifically says, hey, look around for these type of people. And again, the context is, there's been some deceivers, some, some false prophets, some scoffers in the midst, confusing Christians, confusing people about their faith. And in that context, we need to watch out for those who maybe have gotten confused, maybe who have grown in some doubts, you know. Um, and we need to be merciful and compassionate to some. Maybe someone came along and said, oh, did you ever hear about this teaching or this idea, and they elevate something out of balance with other scriptures, and it might cause confusion in some people and we need to make sure we're, we're merciful we're compassionate with some and in how we relate to them and maybe they just need a little encouragement like hey this person was way out of line or the hey you know that person that told you that look at their life they're living in immorality they're living in accusation and you're going to follow their teaching you know I think we just need to be gentle and compassionate with some merciful and um, and yet with others it says um, you know with others Snatch others from the fire and save them. And I think the idea of snatching, that, that word snatching is the same word that the, uh, the word rapture is derived from. It says Christ will, will snatch his, his church from the earth. Um, the same is what we're supposed to do with some that might be confused, dangerously confused. Maybe not, not believers ever in the first place. And he says with some, be compassionate, be gentle. And others, snatch them. Save them out of what is about to happen to them. And there's a sense of urgency and swiftness and, and a firmness there. It's still all in love. We have to be careful. Sometimes the more strong we get, the less loving we get. But we need to snatch others, rescue them from whatever confusion it is or maybe a not understanding of the gospel. In some cases, I think the first one might relate a little more to believers. They're having some doubts and maybe they're confused because someone you know, messed their thinking up. But this other one is, seems a little more clear that it's those who don't yet believe and there's a sense of urgency because of confusion or danger or something that we snatch them um, and rescue them you know with the gospel it's not like we do it ourselves but we use the gospel to to snatch them away to, to rescue them from the devil's you know grip or from sin or whatever the case might be there and then another it says with some uh, show mercy mixed with fear you know that's kind of the idea 
Uh, we want to be merciful. Maybe someone's a little confused. They're trying to figure out, hey, there's this new populist book out there that says, you know, I'm covered in grace. I need to soak up grace more and it doesn't really matter what's going on in my life or whatever it is. But we have to be careful because sometimes there's people that wander into sin and confusion and they don't necessarily want out. They're kind of in a tug of war going, do I want saved from this or do I want to pull others into this with me? Do I want saved? I don't know. And it says, hey, with some... Be merciful and yet be very fearful of God's punishment upon that sin. You know, we want to be gracious, but sometimes people confuse graciousness with flippancy about sin. Like, oh, it's covered. Who cares? Not a big deal. And people have gone astray and they've gotten drawn in. While they're just trying to help someone else, help someone else out, they get drawn in. I've seen situations before where they're trying to help someone out and that person they're trying to help out ends up making it back on track and they themselves got sucked into it. the same thing they were trying to pull someone out of. We need to be careful with others. Gentle and merciful, compassionate. Some others snatch, saving them. And others be gentle and compassionate with the fear. The fear of the Lord, a healthy fear. And as Jude's saying, you know, we don't relate to everyone the same. Sometimes we can think, I'm, well, I'm, I'm just a snatcher. I just, I'm firm with everybody. But Jude says, hey, be compassionate here. Be firm there. Have a little fear here. And we need to make sure we have the insight and discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit. As we're praying in the Spirit, as we're keeping in step with the Spirit, just remember it's not going to be the same as the people we come in contact with uh, in our neighborhood. And as we do the grand opening, there's going to be some in all different camps here. There's going to be some that are going to be predatory in their behavior, kind of wanting to say, here's the sin, and they would draw you in. And, and people fall to that. And there's some that we just need to share the gospel with. They've not heard it. Who knows? The Lord knows how many days they have left. And if He leads you to share the gospel then and there, do it. And with others, there's a compassion, there's a gentleness, there's a patience with them. And, and we need to just make sure we're, we're not a, a cookie cutter. We got, I do the same thing every time. We need to be discerning in, in how we relate to people here. Um, so look around to help others. And this last one here is, is look up to Jesus Christ. You know, um, Jude goes through this intense, intense letter. He's saying, watch out for this type of people. The description in the first 17 verses, you could probably come up with 20 discouraging, sinful attributes to watch out for. Watch out for this, and watch out for this, and watch out for this. And, and if you're not discouraged enough by now, watch out for this, and this, and this. And there's this whole list here. But the, whole, the end of it all, he brings us back to, here's some things to build yourself up and be strong in God's love. And build one another's faith up. And these different things. But the last thing he ends it on, and by the way, keep your eyes on him. Because he is able to protect you from this whole mess. From all these scoffers, all these ungodly people that could even come into your midst. There's one who can keep you safe. And, and Jude ends, instead of looking around and looking to himself, looking to save, he ends, hey, we need to be looking up. Right here it has in, in most of our, your Bibles, it might say doxology. Anyone have doxology in their Bible? Anyone use that word regularly this last week? Yeah, me neither. I think doxology is something, you know, I think of toxicology report or something like that. It's about as useful. But what doxology ultimately means is it's a, a declaration, a brief declaration of praise to God. And that's what this is. There's a, he ends with this praise. And often some of these doxologies are, are made into songs and music. But it's an awesome praise. It just declares things about the one who can save us from this mess. You know, this world, we talk about this ship, this thinking, this world is a mess, and there's one who is going to save us from it. And keep your eyes on him, because it's, it's not going to get better here before he comes, you know. 
but, uh, but we can end on encouragement here. You know, I think of, it says, To him who is able to keep you from falling and present you um, before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. You know, I think there's a, he's, he's able to keep you. He's able to, um, I think about how we're to, to rescue and snatch people. Well, you know, when Jesus, when we come to believe in him, it's like he snatches us. I love this verse in um, in John, the Apostle John uh, chapter 10 here says about Jesus. He's quoting Jesus and he says, My sheep recognize my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else so no one can kidnap them from me. I and the Father are one. But Jesus is saying, hey, once we've come to him, we can never be snatched. The devil wants to bring you down. Your flesh wants you to return to your old life. But you know what? Jesus is stronger than your flesh and the devil and this world. Um, and he will not let you be snatched. He will keep you from falling. I love this part here. It says to present you. Jesus is able to present you in his glorious presence with, without fault and with great joy. You know, sometimes I wonder, what will that judgment day be like? You know, it's kind of get this mixed sense of, Oh man, he's going to play back my whole life and then I'm just going to be like so ashamed and then he's going to be, oh, and aren't you glad I saved you? And I'll be, yes. You know, but on the other hand, I think about there's a, you know, I think there's a way that when you come into his presence, it says you will find yourself there without fault, without blame, and you will be in great joy. You know, part of me thinks, I'm going to feel so bad, so ashamed, great guilt would be the, the sentiment I feel there. But he says, you know, Jesus is able to make you come into his very glorious and holy presence and you will feel blameless and faultless. And you will have great joy there. Not great guilt. Great joy. What Jesus can bring to you. Keep your eyes on Him because there's a lot of other things that will make you feel guilty. And you know the flesh and the devil would love to accuse you and make you feel down on yourself. And, and Jesus says, look up. Because here's what Jesus and the blood of Jesus is going to make you appear in His presence. Faultless, blameless. With great joy. You have the ability to just let your heart be unleashed with all the forgiveness you have and the, the blamelessness and the righteousness that has been imparted to you through Jesus. That's an awesome thing. It goes on just to praise Him as our, our only Savior, God, our only God and Savior. Um, talks about be glory and majesty and power. You know, sometimes there, we see things that say, you know, give glory to God and, you know, uh, give, uh, acknowledge different things. We don't give God any of this. You know that? I mean, I, I'm sure you know that because you say glory to God, he is not any more glorious than he was before you said that or after you said that. You know, it's, it's more of the declaration of, of his praise, of what he's worthy of. He is worthy. All glory, it's his. It belongs to him. All power, all majesty, it's his. And sometimes we just declare that to him. We just tell him what is already true. He knows that. It doesn't add or take away from him, but it's extremely fitting for us to do. And we need to keep our eyes on him and keep our praise on him and... Um, you know, keep, I think that's our last. Keep your eyes and your praise on the only real Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to end with a song here again. I asked the band to uh, repeat one of these songs here. So um, I think we're going to do Mighty to Save again. So if you guys would, uh, band, you know, just want to come up, I'll pray. And then we'll, uh, we'll sing this again. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for... Um, for this letter, I pray that you would help us to apply this letter in a very real and living way to our lives today, to our church today. Lord God, help us to uh, be excited about opening the doors, but also be sober. God, help us not to just look at those to be aware of, but to look to, 
to blessing one another, to building ourselves, to growing in our love. God, I, I pray that you would help us to look around at others and to see where they're at and what you want to do to save them, Lord. And uh, help us to keep our eyes and our praise on you. You are mighty to save. You are able to keep us from stumbling. We just ask that you would lead us even into your presence here as, as we sing to close. In Jesus' name, amen.